0: Kraken Fancast, the podcast for Seattle Kraken fans by Seattle Kraken fans. Release
1: the Kraken. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Kraken Fancast. I'm your host, Chris Porter. My colleagues, Jim Cockrell and Nathan Gunderson, are with me here for a very special summertime check in on some Seattle Kraken happenings, and they have been a lot of happenings. We're going to talk about all of them. Uh, for instance, The NHL draft. Lots to talk about. A lot of great draft prospects are on the team. They've been in the development camp recently. A lot to talk about there. Also talk about the Kraken development camp, uh, which Jim and I uh, recently attended. Lots of uh, fun there and great to see some of these young players play right in front of us. We'll report about that. Also, free agency moves. We gained some guys. We lost some guys. So uh, just like every NHL team. And so we'll have a lot to talk about that as well. For any of you new to our program, Kraken FanCast focuses on all subject matter about the National Hockey League's 32nd franchise, our own Seattle Kraken. Analyze uh, recent games uh, when they happen and uh, talk about upcoming things for the team, games and happenings. Uh, Go over team news, share our opinions about all sorts of Kraken-related happenings, uh, and uh, we do that throughout the year. Of course, during the season, we do it. Pretty frequently uh here in the summertime, just these little check-ins uh like today. So, anyway, so that's uh what we're about. Uh times we'll also present interviews with people directly involved with the team, as well as those in the fan community. Uh, plus, we'll sometimes aim to go into some different subject matter you might not hear on other Kraken related podcasts. First off, big thanks. Big thanks to many people, not the least of which is our main sponsor, the Angry Beaver seattle's number one hockey theme bar located in the greenwood neighborhood of seattle if you're not going to the kraken game catch it at the angry beaver so lots to talk about in the seattle kraken world but before we do that certainly this is related to the kraken of course but uh another team the affiliated team the ahl uh, minor league team the coachella valley firebirds we would be remiss but not talking about them. We talked about them on our last episode, uh, you know, as they were in the middle of the playoffs, but man, oh man, what a magical, fantastic playoff run this team in their first year existence, making it to the Calder cup finals. Calder cup uh, is the championship for the American hockey league and the Coachella Valley firebirds and newest team in the AHL or one of the newest meeting up with the oldest team the long-storied hershey bears uh who are the washington capitals affiliate uh unfortunately in an overtime game in game seven they lost uh so uh they were the runner-ups for the ahl this year but looking at their 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 their, their uh their, what's the, the route to the to the finals it was just extraordinary uh the ahl has kind of an unusual format it's not best of 7 in all of them they start off with a best of 3 series then it goes best of 5 uh for a couple of series then best of 7 in the uh, final two in the western conference finals which they played and of course and then the Calder Cup finals was best of 7 but just about all uh were went the distance uh you know there were two games to one against the Tucson Roadrunners in the first series Then uh, it was the Colorado Eagles that went best of five, all five games. Coachella winning that three games to two. Uh, Then uh, you know, real tight game with a division rival, also a new team. They played the Calgary Wranglers uh, in the Pacific Division Finals, beating Calgary three games to two. So it was quite a uh, hard road getting in the Western Conference Finals, and we weren't expecting them to do that. Well, they had a great regular season, but. Wow, getting all this far it was amazing and then they played the Milwaukee Admirals for the Western Conference Finals. That was the only series that did not go the full uh 7 games or full full games. Uh it went 6 games, still very hard-fought series, a lot of close games. Coachella won that 4 games to 2. And then oh man, what a series I I personally watched uh, as many as I could or listened to them on the radio on the, for the uh, Coachella broadcasts. Four games to three, they lost to the Hershey Bears. uh, One, two, three overtime games, including that seventh game. Uh, Couldn't ask much more for that team. They just played their hearts out. Uh, Joey Decord in goal, I mean, uh, who we've seen up here with Seattle. And talk about a a new celebrity down in Coachella. I mean, the Joey, Joey, Joey (laughs) chant at Acresher Arena would just just warm my heart because I really like that kid. Uh, also other guys on the team were just, just fantastic too. uh, you know, throughout the year, Ty Cartier, John Hayden, Cole Lynn, Max McCormick, guys we've seen either at training camp or up for a few games, uh, with the crack and, uh, really contributed well. Shane Wright, of course, um, we, you know, mentioned a lot of Riker Evans, who many of us are expecting to see in a Kraken uniform, at least some, some this year, if not the full year. So, uh, also Chris Drieger uh, played some some goal there. So it was really, really an incredible series. Jim, I know you watched quite a bit about it, about it. What are, what are your thoughts? I did. Um, I too
0: purchased the AHL TV package uh, because I knew I'd be able to see some, and a lot of times I'd be on the road, uh, paying attention to the WHL schedule as well. Um, it was quite a run. It was a uh, it was storybook you knew the team would do well because they finished second in the West, uh, behind Calgary for the most part. Uh, and when they got by Calgary, I thought, okay, you know what, we got a chance here. And I was paying attention to the East a little bit, but you know, the East is always a little different animal because you can't, you can't watch or scout very well from this perspective of the AHL. Like you can from an NHL level. It's truly a mystery when you meet up with them compared to the big club. And, um, I watched and I was impressed. And first of all, you got to understand, I bitched about the two, three, two format my entire life. I've never liked it in the WHL. I've never liked it anywhere. I believe it gives the underdog an actual advantage. Those three games at home in a row, but you know, Coachella came out and took down the first two and I was feeling great. Like everybody else, uh, like, okay, two zip lead here, a couple more and we're good to go. Go back to Hershey and wouldn't, you know, it, And their fan base was crazy, just like ours down in Coachella, which is over the top. And you know that that's the oldest running tradition of hockey in the AHL in the history, and they've won a ton of championships as well. So they're no uh, walkover. Um, They took their three straight, and then it had to come back here, and you know, just like clockwork, it it ended up going seven. But man, uh, it was a fun series to watch. It was just very. Tough and disappointing that game seven to watch because, yeah, even though it was a three to two game, we came back a little late in that one. They didn't feel in it compared to the rest of
1: the series, whether they were losing or winning. I felt like and they maybe ran out of gas a bit at that point. or was something you know because they were dominant yeah. in some of those wins.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, it just it was just unfortunate because you know nobody likes getting behind uh, late or I mean early and having to come back, and that's exactly what happened. But you know some of the players. Uh, that really carried that team throughout, like, you know, they're probably pretty much perennial, you know, AHLers Uh, either way. Max McCormick was solid throughout the whole series. And he ended up with, or the entire run, he had like 27 points and 14 goals. Uh, Cole Lind was up there enough to be talking and protected on next year's list with the Kraken. Uh, So watch him come in camp here. He's going to be good. Ty kind of had a quiet, uh, you know, when he returned, he played like 18 games. games. Yeah, he, he I mean, he was effective, obviously, but he just didn't produce like he was, everybody was thinking. One
1: Cameron guy Moose. I was impressed with, um, and we just lost him, the Detroit Brogan Rafferty. He's been a little more of guy, but he, he was stepping up. I mean, it was adding to some guys we, we talk about usual guys, you know, John Hayden, Shane Wright. Uh, right. These guys have maybe one foot in the a- NHL or, you know, get right. a cup of coffee or whatever. So we see some of these guys, you know, Tornitsky, you know. Uh, exactly. Uh, Podorowski. You know, uh, Alexander. Rodin. Yeah. You know. Alexander True played well. And, of course, he's yeah, he gone, did. But it was interesting um, when I saw Brogan Rafferty. I'm like, oh, this isn't a guy I hear too much on. And now he's he in Detroit. But I know be that, is know. it may it added to my two, two things that you know, the kind of uh, to touch on things you just pointed out. Um, one about the players. You know, I said it numerous times. It just gets me giddy at how stacked this organization yeah. is with great young talent. Some we're not even going to see in the crack and I get it, but it just makes me get at the depth.
0: Right. Well, and like, you know, we talk about Riker. Everybody talks about Riker. He had a huge playoff run and he was solid and you know he's solidifying his pre-camp uh come september and he's probably going to make the club i'm I'm, i feel like it at some point maybe early maybe mid it's going to happen so that's going to change the whole complexion of the the back line with the kraken for sure um i was just very impressed with the the club and like you said they're stocking the cabinets uh in the kitchen with all kinds of players and here we are third, you know, third draft year and prospect year and FA signings and what have you, you know, their cabinets look as good as any club that's been around for 25 years dealing business wheeling and dealing. So I'm feeling really good and I'm feeling really good about, you know, we, we graded our own team throughout the year with, you know, forwards, defense, goaltending, special teams, whatever. And I've always said all along that, you know, D is leading the charge in our, you know, where we're at, uh, where a lot of people think we need to go after D and I'm like, you know what, I, I, we're, we're fine there right now, especially when you look
1: at the future uh, and boy, we've seen a lot of it here coming up. So. Yeah. Second thing I wanted, you kind of touched on a little bit about, you know, how the Hershey fan base was really big, but, you know, Coachella is what. Acreshire arena I, I don't have the exact stats on me, but I, I understand they broke some attendance records in the desert, man. And this brand new team, the whole Coachella area, Palm Desert, Palm Springs area, they they totally. I mean, it helps they made it to the championship. I get it, but people were really into them there. I mean, it was loud. I could tell even on my little radio broadcasts. I would sometimes I watch AHL TV. Sometimes I had to go with the uh, local Coachella. Uh, uh, radio broadcast, which was pretty cool. They had Grant Fuhrer, uh Hall of Fame, yeah. like color commentator. I'm like, wow, I don't know how they snagged him. Maybe he lives down there. I don't know, but yeah, that's uh, kind of funny. It was, it was kind of, yeah. I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, I'm just they, I have some uh, an old acquaintance of mine from Seattle. She and her family moved down there. I haven't been in touch with her, but I've been seeing like all this Facebook and Instagram stuff. Oh, we can't wait to go to this Coachella game. You know, they go to a lot of games and. It was it, they really took that that whole area. Anybody says, oh, you know, hockey is not going to work in a place like Palm Springs and Coachella. What? Oh, never mind. Huge. Success. Yeah. Huge.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, it's basically it is a spinoff of um, our ownership straight down to the wire. You know, the building uh, like the, the Oakville, all of it. It's just the second tier of us. They went full out. You know, they've never had a pro team down there by any means that I'm aware of, at least of the four major sports, uh, for farm systems, you know, it's known for other things. It's known for golf and getaway and, and a music festival. And, uh, you know, the population is quite big to have an, have a team in the valley there. And just like here, you got a new pro team. You could, you know, you got a good fan base here of rich hockey history, but, you created new fans with an NHL team. Cause that's what people, a lot of people have actually been waiting for. Even though you have all the WHL and the minor stuff and, and everything they, a lot of people have just been waiting for that time. So, you know, they get a team down there and they're like, Hey man, we got no team. Uh, and these guys are starting to win. So it's a draw instantly. People want to be entertained straight up in a brand new, beautiful 10,500 at your ring or whatever you call it built by our people. First class for music, for ice, for basketball exhibition, for whatever. You know, people got to do some stuff. It's it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. Great stuff, absolutely. Well, cheers to cheers to the Firebirds, and uh, you know we're all hoping to make some t- timing. It was a little wonky. They 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 had to you know play a few games. We got to see them in Seattle. We didn't actually get to go down to Coachella last year, just timing reasons. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing the AHL uh, schedule coming out relatively soon, I would think, and uh, planning a little uh, excursion down to Coachella Valley, catch a game or two down there. I no doubt it'll be a lot of fun for us all righty guys well good good stuff there uh now let's get over to our boys uh in the blue here the seattle kraken uh a lot's happening nhl draft happened recently and the kraken had uh quite a few picks quite a few picks that a lot of pundits think are, are good picks so, you know a lot of the grades i mean you know you never know this is this can be such a crapshoot arguably but uh a lot of the pundits i have been seeing you know b b plus a minus like i've been seeing a lot of people who know a lot about this uh, give a good grade uh, to our our picks, our team's picks. So Ron Francis and his staff and scouting staff um, to a lot of people did a great job. And uh, I don't doubt it. But I'm just going to quickly go through here. And you guys, I'll, I'll start with you, Jim. But, you know, Nathan, please feel free to chime in. Of course, uh, I'll go over a little bit who we got. So 20th pick overall, it was not the first three, four picks like the first two years. You know, when your team does well, that means unless you get them from trades, they're going to have a lower draft pick. But we got somebody that uh, some people thought was kind of a steal. Um, third, third, the team's third ever first round pick. They went with uh, an international guy, uh, Eduard Chalé, uh, a winger from Czech Republic, um, and um, he um, he was our he was our first one. Uh, we saw him at development camp. Um, and, uh, you know, looked good. He's uh, was a key part of the Czech Republic's silver medal finish at the World Juniors. Uh, and um, a lot of good talk about him. So he was the first one. And then in round two, team had a couple of picks. Uh, first off was Carson Rakoff, uh, Kitchener uh, in the OHL he plays for. Um, another winger. Oh, I should mention, too, for those who didn't know, uh, Eduard uh, Chalet uh, was a left winger. So uh Carson is a right wing, assuming he's a left wing as well. Uh, he was the 29th ranked North American skating prospect in this year's draft and uh, a lot of good marks for him. He had uh, 59 points for Kitchener Rangers this past year. And then the 52nd overall, still in the second round, uh, Oscar Fisker Molgard. Uh, he's been playing in Sweden, uh, although he's actually from Denmark. Uh, Plays professionally in Sweden uh, for the HV71's J20 team. He had 23 points uh, in 21 games. Not bad. Uh, And uh, he's, yeah, he's a good good prospect there. Oscar is a center. Uh, Then uh, next, we go over to the 57th pick. Um, And uh, that was, sorry, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, I got too much. Okay, Lucas. Uh, yeah, and this is uh Lucas. Uh, and I said I'm gonna get his name right, and I'm pretty sure I did. Uh, Drag Dragasevic, uh, correct, Lucas- and uh, he's a uh, uh, defenseman, uh, kind of lo- locally playing, relatively speaking. He's been playing in the WHL, he plays with Tri City, uh, so kind of went semi local here with the third, second round pick. So, there are three second round picks there and uh he's the 18th ranked north american skating draft prospect in 68 games for americans he had 75 points 15 goals and lots of assists uh, 60 assists there uh so that was nice to see uh, round three 84th overall was caden price defenseman who played for Kelowna in the western hockey league and uh he had 40 points in 65 games for Kelowna last season round four andre andre uh Loshko. Uh, also, uh, he's in the QMJHL, so in Quebec, and uh, he plays for that team that I always have a little issue with, but I believe it's pronounced you would know this, Jim, Chi, I think it's Chico uh, me? Ch- yeah. Ch- chico-ra-time. 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 You know, yeah. There you go. And uh, it's like, I'm not going to, I didn't want to screw that one up. Okay. So, uh, sorry, let me get my notes back to here. Yeah, so uh, uh, we're uh, too many windows up here. Sorry. So, Andre uh, uh fourth round, another, uh, he's a centerman as well, and um, 68th ranked North American skater in the draft. He had 70 points in 67 games uh, for that team last season. Round five, 148th overall, was Caden Hamill. Also local guy, uh, locally playing guy, that is, uh, played for Everett Silvertips, and um, and uh, he's a, a 95, 95th best North American skater in this year's draft. Caden's uh, a defenseman. Um, he was uh, traded to Everett from Kamloops Blazers earlier this year, so he's played with uh, both Kamloops and Everett last season. Uh, between the two, uh, he, those were 67 games, he had 26 points. And then uh, round six, we had uh, a goalie. Finally, have a goalie sighting Again, hitting up uh, European world there in Finland. Uh, to, although he's a Swedish goalie, been playing in Finland. His name is Visa Vedimpa. Uh, he's um, uh, took him in the sixth round. He was ranked seventh best European goalie in this year's draft per NHL.com's rankings. And the 180th overall, Zeb Dorshjall sportsball from uh he played uh, in Sweden as well uh, as a centerman and uh he is a 34th ranked european skater uh, per nhl.com in 34 games he had 22 points and last but not least and this was a guy that uh Jim and I had fun watching we'll talk about him in a second uh Zechariah Wisdom uh who is a right winger and playing for uh, Cedar Rapids in the USHL and uh right wing, and uh, he's uh, Canadian, ranked 104th best North American skating prospect in this year's uh, NHL draft. Um, Wisdom scored 48 points uh, for the Rough Riders this past season. So that was the guys, and we saw these guys, Jim, at the development camp, which is super fun. For those of you who went, you know what we're talking about, and for those of you who didn't, uh, you know, going to training camp and seeing, you know, the pros and everything is fun. That happens in September, of course. But development camp is really, really interesting. You're really seeing some guys who are going to some we won't see again, but some are future NHL is for sure. And it's really great. And a lot of them will end up in with Coachella, too. Shane Wright was there. who We all know. But uh, a lot of other guys uh, like Jacob Melanz and Ty Nelson and go on and on on this list. Uh, Edward Saleh, who we just talked about, uh, all there uh, working out, doing a lot of drills Were on the first day. Uh, the first day that uh, the public was invited uh, was mostly drills. Second uh, session that they allowed uh, uh, the public to join in on were four on four game, one big long four on four game uh, where they had uh, the guys uh, switching out. And uh, that was really interesting to see. So, Jim, who, who were your favorite uh, prospects from all that? Okay. Um, It was uh, quite an event for sure.
0: By the way, I prefer the development camp over regular training camp just because, you know, everybody's on the same playing field and they're fresh, Uh, same ice, Europeans, North Americans. Um, I I guess I'll mix it up here between prospects and draft picks. I'm looking at the 10 draft picks in front of me. um, And of those at dev camp, the uh, guys that stuck out to me probably the most, uh, as I look at the 10 on the board, uh, was Lucas uh, Dr- uh, Dragostovic. That guy, as a defenseman, is poised. He's He looks very mature. Uh, he gets the puck on his stick a lot, whether it's on the breakout, whether it's in the zone. He sees the ice perfectly. He dishes off uh, to the half board well. He sees the seam on the paint. Very impressed with that guy, like way impressed. Um, Carson Reckhoff uh, considers himself a power forward in interviews. I didn't necessarily see that. Of course, he's not going to let that flare in a dev camp. You know, dev camp uh, is an interesting process because uh, they're just teaching the boys what it's like to belong to an NHL club. Uh, from the time you show up at the airport to your hotel room check or your wherever you're staying as a group, to the training room, to the uh, off-ice training, to the food diet, to the film room, to uh, team philosophy, everything. uh, And and getting introduced to the entire staff up and down to how it works, uh, the culture of the club. And you know, I don't care who you are, if you come to Seattle Kraken hockey, professional hockey, to learn that, you are walking away impressed. Like you're coming to one of the top 32 clubs already. Watching some of the drills, the three on three, blue on blue ice, uh, which is an incredibly tough drill uh, for typically Europeans aren't used to it because they play on the big ice. North Americans start doing this stuff in bantam hockey and even younger, So they're used to it. And that's where you can start picking apart guys that haven't played it. I was watching Edward uh, Shawley there. He looked good. His head up was a lot up a lot trying to read the play, but he was having to do a lot more puck protection than he's used to because he was getting pressured quickly. Uh, that'll come. He'll learn that when they send him back to Barry in the OHL for his first stint in the OHL. He'll learn North American hockey uh, at its finest at junior level. So he'll do OK. Carson Rekoff, to me, played pretty well throughout the entire two days I was there. Uh, I was impressed with him. I, I want to see what that's going to turn out to be like. It, it could be interesting. But uh, Dragasevic, yeah, top dog. Um, I didn't see too much of Mulgard. Mulgard Mol, was not popping out on me. I didn't see a whole lot of price. I saw a bit of Lasko's work down low around the net, some nice finish. Uh, Hamill wasn't really popping on me. Uh, Zeb Forshaw kind of reminds me of a, uh, a Froden in a way, a small forward, uh, works on the outside, with works his shot. Uh, I'm not going to comment on goalies because I that's, that's for the goaltending people to get all on that. That's fine. Uh, I do know this. We have a, a finished goaltending factory, and I'm happy about that. Uh, I was, at times, from day one that I was there, which was uh, day two, technically, and day five, uh, Zachariah Wisdom, it's kind of interesting. I was keying in on that kid because, you know, anybody that comes out of the USHL, I always think that's a huge jump, you know, and every team grabs a kid out of there, you know, because you're talking the CHL, which is the OHL, WHL, QMJ. Then you usually go down to the next ranks of the BCHL and the SHL out of Saskatchewan. And then you usually drop into the US HL, and it's a different route for a lot of players. A lot of them go to college after that or what have you. And, you know, even though they get drafted, but you know, most of them don't get the shot. It's a seventh round pick. What do you got to lose? The kid ranked uh, 149th. I think you said, Chris, Um, one thing I noticed about him, I kind of jokingly said, I said this, he could maybe be a future, 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 Maybe, uh, you know, tanev style kind of player, not not the choppy step, but that high energy, you know, kind of player that surprises you and, and gets things going. I, I'm gonna be real curious to watch him down the road, see what happens. Um, that, that's on the, the 10 pro, uh, draftees. As far as the uh, prospects, um, I'm just gonna go here real quick here because I'm hogging the mic, but um, you, you know, me, I, I I made my marks on players that stood out in camp. I made about eight on paper, you know, Yaga Fergus. He can't deny his, his hands and his skill. Sometimes he gets caught up with a little too many moves, but he did put on seven pounds this year to this year's uh, dev camp compared to last year. And he's got a lot to go, but man, he's high skill. Um, Kyle Jackson was surprising to me in the day two for me. Uh, he, he popped up with some skill. Um, ben McDonald's was, was popping both days pretty well. I was like, okay, there's, I'm going to put max name in there for a bit. Cause uh, I was impressed with what I saw there. And I know you were too, Chris. Um, I was keen in on Logan, Logan Morrison, our F a kid that we picked up that was undrafted. You know, we're talking about a 90 point plus guy in the OHL that played along with Ryan Winterton. And that's how he got noticed. notice. And then Winterton got traded. So he, he's a good skater. He's a high energy guy. He's going to be good. He sees the ice. Well, he passes well. I'm curious to see what goes on with him. Obviously, he'll, he'll be in Coachella. He has signed a contract. So, um, and like I said, Carson Remcoff, he stood up for me for a, a new draftee. Uh, but a guy that was very consistent both days. He had a good camp last year, and I saw him in the Memorial Cup two games, and I am incredibly impressed with this guy because he's just a super smart player. Uh, Tucker Robertson, he's not going to dazzle you with speed. He's his head's. He's always looking for the play. Always looking for the outlet, whatever he gets in the right position, at the right time. Open eyes. He knows what he's doing. He's a very well-coached throughout this entire growth system to where he is. Now I, I see good things for him. I see him going to Coachella. I see him getting call-ups. I see him possibly in two three years having a good job with the yeah, big club. I
1: mean, he was one of the 2022 draft picks uh, played another computer yep. borough uh, and um, he, yeah, I'll tell you about my high, but he was certainly one of my highlights. I was very impressed. Yeah, absolutely. And then of course, Travis
0: uh, Sevic, I'm totally impressed with. To me, to me, he popped out this Dev Camp like like uh, Ty Nelson did last year in a way. Just caught your eye, top three guy, right? And then uh, you, uh, I've got Ty Nelson down, of course. That guy just blows my mind. He he probably I'm thinking he's going to have the shortest run from draft to cracking stint than anybody. Uh, you know, because when you think about it, he was drafted a year after um Riker, and Riker was already an overage draftee. So I just feel like he's gonna be
1: maybe not this year, but next year I think he's up. Um he's gonna be he's gonna be with Coachella. I mean he's already listed yeah. on, their, on their roster. Right. But he's probably if yeah. especially if you said Riker's gonna move up, you would probably yeah. see Ty in a Firebirds uniform and playing a lot of minutes. Oh yeah, and but like, like the following year, I can see him making the
0: jump. If, you know, depending on what they do roster wise, yeah, he's just that like this solid. Little, he's like...
1: not; a, he's a short guy, he's a little solid bull. Ah, just, he just man, right, he, he, you know.
0: I love his game. I just love his game. And yeah, then he look, uh, you look great see. on the camp. Now I'm just going to throw uh, one name out there that doesn't really get talked about much, but for some reason, when I look up, he's got the puck on his stick a lot. That means something, correct? Um, and he was drafted. I can't even recall. You might have to help me on this. It was his second draft, maybe even the first. Uh the Tyson Jugnot. Not even mm-hmm. sure how you say his last name, but he's not a very big guy. He's a defensive, but he just he he gets a lot of chances. And he had a beautiful backy today on backhand on a silver or you know, they were playing four on four hockey. And uh that's that's just showboat your skills, both sides. And you know, usually we usually when they build a lines, it's three forwards, one D, typically. And you know, you got to, sh- you're going to show your offensive skills, but it also teaches forwards how to play the defensive skills to see if they can, you know, play one on one, two on one, whatever. But Tyson was,
1: uh, he was showing up both days that I, spoke. yeah, he was, yeah. So, he yeah, he was the uh, 100th, he was in the fourth round in 2022. Okay. Uh, so, second, uh, he, was B, yeah, okay. he was a BCHL guy, played for West Columbia, right. he was with the University of Wisconsin uh, this yeah. past Yeah. And, oh, uh,
0: Oh, I left out my favorite player, by the way. And I got to say this so I can get credit. I was going to say this. Somebody you're missing here. Okay. (laughs) Because I've been saying this since our very first year of Kraken Fancast. It was probably in the first three episodes anyway, two anyway. And I said it last year, although his camp, I'm talking his regular training camp, not dev camp, wasn't as good last year as I thought it was the year before. But I am a huge, and I want this to go on the record because I want everybody to know. I'm a huge Jacob Melanson fan.
1: Yeah, that's I was waiting for you to say.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, he's so good with me. I, I feel like I don't have to say it just like Shane, Wright, It's just kind of automatic, but you know what? He is a bona fide power forward and we do not have one on the club. Um, I was talking to another guy and he thinks no matter what, this guy's going to play professional NHL hockey. Um, he's got a shot. He's got hard elbows. He's got hands. He's smart. He creates space. He's a setup guy. He can pretty much do it all in a power forward capacity. And he had a couple of really nice goals today and he almost had a Hattie and he does it. He was doing it with ease and being very, you know, unselfish at it. He doesn't, he's not a puck guy. He's just do what I got to do, you know, dish it off, go to the net, what have you. But I just like it that he's a tough, hard body to play against. He was also the one throwing the most glass and boards throughout the two days I was there.
1: Yeah sure. he 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 looked look great on that. Yeah, I I was yeah, I mean Jay yeah, he definitely seemed like he was on another level on there. I you know, I was I was there both of I was there for the first session. I missed the second session on on the first day and then I was there for the entirely for the uh for the scrimmage. And there's nothing I really add to anything I fully agree with everything you said. I'm just going to underline a couple of other guys though that I just thought we're very low on the radar for a lot of people and I don't know really what their fates are but may, they may be guys who may end up in you know ECHL or or, or Coachella or, or something but uh Ben Roger who well Ben Roger he was an invitee I guess he played for uh the uh, team Maryland in the EHL or whatever but he's a defenseman and I kept looking up you're talking about those guys you kept looking up in the middle of a play doing something. He's a, he's a defenseman, uh 6'4, 184. He's so a little tall kid from uh Ontario. He also played for Kingston in the OHL. So um yeah, I just I was uh I was I was impressed uh, with that kid. Um actually I'm looking at the wrong Rogers here. Sorry, yeah. So Kingston, he played with the London Knights. Yeah, so he's in the OHL uh for, for a number of years. Um originally drafted by the Ottawa Senators. I guess maybe he's moved on from that. He was he was in the 2021 uh, NHL entry draft thought he, he thought he showed some really good stuff um also uh nicholas coco uh fin- another one of our european uh goalies in the system uh made some really nice stops i really liked watching him uh yanni nyman you saw you know doing some yes. scoring um from uh finland um 6'3, 215, big guy
0: yeah uh, he's
1: I, I meant to bring him up too you're right he he, he's he got a, fou-
0: a power forward way about him and his skating is totally improved from last year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. I mean, the, again, he was a guy I remember around, but he just, he just seemed to, again, right. the one who stepped up. We saw him in the middle of a lot of plays and maybe last, but not like, I mean, we saw some good stuff from all the guys. Some were a little quiet. I didn't, I was kind of expecting to see Ryan Winterton, you know, not that he was bad, I but I thought I'd see it. He was a little quiet. There was, Goyette was I a little agree. quiet. Ryan Bartrill, uh, yeah. who, uh Play for Brown uh, University. Um, he he was he was in on a lot of uh, good good uh, good plays there and some scoring. So I uh, want to underline him as well. Totally
0: agree. I was I'm always impressed by the invites because you know as they're playing in front of you, you sit there and look and go, oh, wait a minute, who's that guy? And you look down at your cheat sheet and you go, oh my god, he's an invite. So I mean, obviously, you know, invites are like FAs. They just never wear FAs. And, uh, you know, the scouting pool has looked at them to say, why isn't he picked up? I don't know. Get him to camp. We need bodies. And I was impressed. Bottle, he's just a small body. That's all. You know, you're right. Um, but, yeah, I forgot about Neiman. You're right. He, he was looking good. His skating was good.
2: You know, I watched tape on a few of these guys. Uh, I kind of gravitated more towards the WHL players just for whatever reason, probably because they were all defensemen. But, um, you say he might have been a little bit quiet. I wouldn't sleep on him just yet, but Caden Price, one. Um, I think he's 185, 190, somewhere around there. Not huge, but, you know, he's 17. He'll grow a little bit more into his role. Will we see more of him? I don't know, but from what I saw, he really stood out for me watching tape. You know, he's he was playing for Team Canada, 22-23 in the uh, under-18 category. Really good, really solid. Not a huge shooter, but like Jim and I were kind of talking, he he feeds the net well. Uh, things that I saw too, 200 hockey, he's everywhere. I don't know. I wasn't at the development camp, so I, I wasn't really able to see how he was doing in recent days. But I would like to see more of him, and I would like to see him either in a Firebirds jersey or a Kraken jersey someday. But he's he's got some uh, seasoning to do, like most of these guys. So don't sleep on him. I know that for sure. Can you explain a little bit to me and a little bit to the listeners what these guys have to look forward to in the next week, two weeks?
1: Well,
0: I mean, camp, dev camp is basically done. These guys are going to return home for the most part. And this is when their off-ice training is going to intensify, you know, even guys that are going to be coming back for the regular camp training camp in September, which is going to be between second and third week ish. So anyway, they, they're going to get all that hardcore off ice drill stuff down and return. And, you know, it's going to be again, just like the typical training camps. Uh, Everybody's going to be there. It's going to be, this year's going to be great. Cause they're, like I said, the, the, the cupboards are full, right? and, As full as any other club in the NHL for the most part. You're going to have all your Coachella's there, all your draftees, all your vets. They have three sheets of ice. They will be using at least two of them for the sessions all the time, splitting ice, because they'll have five to six goalies as well. And that's what they've done in the past, but now they're really going to have full squads. They're going to be able to build three and four squads of uh, lines on each sheet of ice. And, you know, three depths of D on each sheet of ice pretty much. So it's going to be good. And, you know, let's not, you know, kid ourselves. Uh, all these players are in development and, and you know, the, your, the roster you can imagine right now, and I'm sure Chris will get into this with our some of our FA moves that we just made, um, it's pretty much going to be it. And anybody else that has a chance, you tie car, car chase, uh, those kind of guys, you know, they're going to be your, your, Two forwards up in the booth and uh, your extra D up in the booth for the most part. So and that's why you've seen a lot of two way contracts signed for Coachella in the last couple of weeks too. Uh, you know, your two way 775 John Hayden's uh, uh, Jimmy Shute, those kind of guys. So
1: I'll just let Chris take over because I know he wants to build on some of that stuff right now. Well, that's a perfect segue, Jim, because, yes, uh, a lot's been happening. It's free agency Christmas time, uh, as I call it in the NHL world. We have the NHL draft, and then it means free agency. This is when we see a lot of players moving all around the league to different uh, teams through trades, free agencies, whatever. Uh, a A lot of the guys who are free agents. Uh, in the Kraken, some have stayed, some have moved on, and uh, it's it's quite quite a lot of movement and some interesting moves, too. Um, so let me get down to that, and we'll talk about each. So the Kraken picked up three guys, oh, sorry, well, picked up about four guys and re-signed one so far. So Brian Dumoulin, who's been in the league quite a few years, uh, most notably with the Pittsburgh Penguins defensemen. He signed uh, with the Kraken and also Kaylor Yamamoto of the, um, well, he was with the Red Wings and he was also with Edmonton, right, Jim? Yes, I mean he was with Edmonton, but then they just did the deal with the
0: uh, Detroit and just flipped it instantly. So okay, pretty that's much, you know. I was
1: looking at my notes. I'm like, I remember him from Edmonton. What's this Detroit thing? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that was well, I, I, I get thrown off by my notes. Thank you. Okay, that sounds right. So Kayla, I sent, her, sent him in from uh, who had had Bill for the Oilers uh, recently, and then Connor Carrick uh, of Boston Boston Bruins uh, signing with the Kraken as well, and Marian Studenick. Uh, who was in the Dallas organization, also signing. He's a right wing. Um, and then they re-signed John Hayden, who we've been seeing occasionally up with the Kraken, usually with the Coachella Valley Firebirds this past season. Uh, solid sentiment as well. Um, lost a few people, though, too. Alex True uh, going to Florida Panthers. Daniel Sprong. hey, he, he he contributed a lot for the Kraken, but time to move on. And he went over to Detroit Red Wings, as did Brogan Rafferty, who was mainly a Coachella player, uh, but a very promising one. He's over at Detroit. Ryan Donato, we love you, man. You'll always be in Seattle Kraken lore, being the uh, first regular season goal. And a guy we really have always liked here a lot, um, Senator Ryan Donato, ended up signing with the chicago blackhawks he gets to uh play with Connor bedard among others uh you know, that should be interesting for him we'll be rooting for him from afar and then this one that just really <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk a little bit about this jim uh morgan geeky uh cinnamon uh with you know original seattle kraken ends up with the boston bruins we did not see that coming not not surprised he moved on i just <laughs> seen for the bruins but he's a Boston yeah. Bruin now, and uh, how about that, Jim? So anyway, I uh, want to hear from both of you guys of what are you thinking, some of the guys that we signed, who, who we've lost. Uh, Nathan, let me start with you, because because we're going to just go on and on about Morgan Geeky later.
2: <laughs> well, who we've signed, um, my standout, I messaged on our thread you know, with uh, Yamamoto coming from Edmonton. Initially, I was excited about it, thinking, oh man, yeah, some some good depth, some speed, whatnot. He's I didn't realize how small he was. Uh 5'8, five, 5'7, five, 152, 153 pounds. But I mean he's he's got wheels. Looking forward to seeing that. Um Hayden, thank thank goodness, you know, that we can keep him around. That's that's definitely a plus. Um like you were saying players that we lost We talked about this in an episode a few episodes ago, I believe. Jim really touched on it a lot on notable players that you might not see, you know, in a Kraken uniform coming up. And I think two or three of the four were on Jim's list. I don't know how he does it. I don't I I, I don't I don't get it. I can't get into his mind, but he's 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 really smart, along with you, Chris, on how this all works. It's business. I get it. I understand it, but. You know, it's kind of a shock to see a couple of them go and kind of sad to see uh, Donato leave. But you guys, yeah, you got something going, you know, back to your other your your other team, your favorite team there with uh, the yeah, Geekster. So we we we, we, ha- we don't let our Boston Bruins
1: fandom go go away entirely. Yeah? So we're, we're watching watching on two two of those teams. So uh, so we'll, we'll still be still be rooting for a geeky to, to some degree.
0: Am I supposed to talk now? You may. I'm just kidding. All right. Let me, you know what? Let me come back to Geeky because I'll be flowing on that for a bit. But let me go down the the list like you said. Um, I want to go back to Dumoulin. So Dumoulin is basically your replacement for Susie Loss. Let's break down the two players. Susie was a really good physical defenseman in front of the net, uh, in the corners, what have you. Uh shut down kind of guy. Oh yeah I'm probably sorry.
1: I I'm I'm neglected that one too. Sorry. I was like, I feel like oh. I'm getting somebody. Carson Susie. Yes, we he he went over to Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. That's true. So
0: the the re the, you know, but I had a problem with him too. His stock was actually better last year for trade value than it is, or or we could have cashed for trade value than this year, because his performance this year wasn't as good as it was last year, although he had interest from clubs last year. Um, so Dumoulin, you know, a vet a good player the great thing about dumalin is he's a shutdown d from the red line back in to the zone his gap control is perfect he's really good he's a, he's the kind of defenseman you want on the ice for when you've got a two on rush, two on one three on two rush coming he knows how to play you down the board he knows how to the proper gap he's usually a best shutdown man against your best players on the other club he's a plus minus guy he's not a he's not going to dazzle you with his offensive stuff but he is a solid replacement and you are going to notice it and most importantly you're not going to get any stupid penalties late in a 3 to 3 game all right moving on um yamamoto uh interesting i was not expecting that uh i was uh, at the camp when it went down um i wasn't expecting it uh and it threw a wrench in my brain you, you know how i'm always building depth on forwards more than anything on this club because of the logjam situation at center, uh, left wings loaded over right type of thing. It, it threw me off because that meant, okay, well, I get it. I mean, you need to replace a winger for you lost two. You lost, you know, uh, you, you lost both Donato and Sprong technically on the wing. So you got to pick someone, something, but you also got the guys in the system like Ty Carche, you know, Cole Lynn might be coming along really nicely right now. So that's the confidence right there. So replace one for two losses, leave an open gap, right? Even though you're, you're built out all the way down. Um, so I, I guess I see that for sure. Uh, and by the way, the Connor Carrick thing, remember we had him in our first year. That was kind of strange. Yeah. That's kind of a, so he'll be like eight bubble D, uh, whatever, you know, cause flurries right now they're they're. We'll get into that too. Um, chris and then you know the all those other signings the the hayden's everything that of course and then also uh marian studneck or however you pronounce it he's another one they loaded up for down there on the farm uh in a forward position so okay everything's good you know in that sense they know what they're doing those boys are doing well um ronnie's team knows a hell of a lot more than i um let's talk about geeky uh okay okay you're you're right uh i did predict a lot of these guys gone i think predict four of seven uh i was kind of surprised on the flurry thing well he still could be gone but um you know how i feel about geeks look i like the guy i like off his off ice stuff i like him when he's hot i don't like him when he's streaky and cold um i think i don't know you know knowing that we pay attention to the boston folks and people and, and threads uh people over there that don't know me from anybody seem to be happy about, it. they think he's one of the better pickups than the four they got. And I'm like, Oh God, here we go. Do I need to get in this debate? Um, you know, yeah, the old... they are
1: probably thinking, well, the Seattle Kraken did really well this year and uh, geeky was on the team. So, well, I mean, you know,
0: and then, and whenever they say career year, I'm like, yeah, what one more point than the year before. So does that make it a <laughs> right. career year? I don't get it. Shit. Are you counting streakiness? What's up? I mean, look, we all know great shot wrist snappy slappy whatever yeah he wins and the he skills competition win. every
1: year for his slap shot
0: yeah but he never has time to take a fucking right. slap shot
1: great impact
0: it coming coming down the off wing or even the the prop oh yeah cover your ears and i'm going uh, or coming down the strong wing let, letting a, a wrister go that's him that is his game that's top shelf whatever but he you need time and as you know, uh, I've always I call them a bit slow, soft, whatever. Great defensive work over the years, turned into a D player, um, and also a draw man on a team that frankly is weak on draw. So is it worth even talking about at 495 or whatever? Um, I hope he does well. Maybe he'll do good in a Montgomery system compared to a very difficult hackstil system to learn and continue and, and thrive on it. I wish him the best. It's just gonna be weird going to um when the Bruins play the Kraken at home and I'm wearing my bees stuff like I usually do, and I'm down in the bees warm-up and oh, look at Geeky's name bar is right in front of my face. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be strange. And then of course my daughter has a geeky jersey, so I gotta probably be the seamstress and pull off, get the uh, seam ripper and pull that name off and come up with something else. So, and by the way. Chris, Chris was Chris was the one that told me about this. You guys, I'm at home doing my other stuff. I knew he would probably go somewhere, but he's like, I read it on a thread. I'm like, what? Oh my god, he's got to be joking. It's like well, now we got to talk about this
1: stuff. So oh, whatever. I, I, I wish him the best. Wait to text you. I couldn't wait. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing you just mentioned, Jim. You know, and this is like kind of a much bigger conversation, but maybe to touch on it, how much does what line who your line mates are I mean obviously you're doing your own skill and everything but I guess sometimes when you see some players having great years or whatever and they just you just see that they have such good chemistry with their line mates how much does that is because you're wondering if if Monty if Montgomery the Bruins coach maybe he can work better in Montgomery's system or maybe Monty will know something that you know certain training things something that can improve him but How much is it going to help him who he's lined up with? Well, you know, on paper, when I
0: think about it, I was looking at the lines the other day and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, fourth line, like he was here. Right. And he, every once in a while he'd get a bounce up to three, it wouldn't work out. He bounced. And then you get a scratch, what have you. Um, Somebody I was on a Bruins, I was like, you know, had him in, in line three center. And I'm like, huh, that ain't going to happen. You're not going to, Bounce Charlie Coyle, line three at center. He's a fourth line center, anyway you look at it. And somebody kind of got back at me, like, oh no, no. They got they've they've said they got, promised him some big plans. They're gonna give him minutes and he's gonna have a whole new role. And I'm like, okay, let's just assume that then. What still, what do you do with Charlie Coyle? You're gonna slap him on the wing and play games like you do here. I don't know what's gonna go on. Maybe they have hopes and dreams for him. They have him on PP2 as well. So, uh, you know, the, whoever drafts this up, whether it's, uh, you know, the uh, the line builders uh, and all that stuff, they don't have any inside information. They're guessing too. They're not talking to anybody like, well, they kind of do, but not really if, you know, they're going to go into camp, work lines and what have you, and either it works or it doesn't, but maybe he is going to get some more ice time. And like I said, Monty's system, which by the way, I haven't studied it hard. It's been one year in Boston but it's got to be softer and more adaptable and not as and a little more forgiving uh and and then hacks system of like 100 dedication no screw up uh, or you're getting burned type deal on puck pressure so we'll see i'm obviously going to be paying attention to it and i even told the guy i said look if he does well and 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 does better than what I've said, then go ahead, please take a screenshot. Roast me. I'm open to it because I've had open light debates with Mr. Geeky and he's been really good to play the game with me. So,
2: if he does really well and I buy it for you, would you wear a Geeky B jersey?
0: Well, fuck yes, I would, as long as it's the pro version and not some spin off bullshit.
2: Oh no! I'll get it. Yeah, I'll try to get it before now. Fanatics takes over.
0: Just do it, I guess. I mean, I hope he does well, but yeah, whatever. But, I'll I mean, get I it and hold, hold on, on to it. Okay. Shit. Yeah. I mean, all right.
1: Whatever. <laughs> yeah. You never know. They're gonna play the game, so we'll see what happens. Um, all right. Well, that that was that's all that's gone on so far. Do you think we're gonna see any more free agency stuff going on?
0: Personally, I don't because. If you did, it would have to be, I would think a name because you've already got, you know, your bottom six is loaded with the same type of stuff, right? And then you've got your Coachella balance below that for any any injuries, what have you. The decor is solidifying. I'm still kind of still can't figure out that damn um, Magnus signing for two years. It's kind of bizarre. And I even asked uh, uh, on the first dev camp day in the uh, post. Um, I went to meet the, well, meet and greet with the Emerald City boys. And I was talking to Dylan because he's in town. And we were bouncing back and forth. Uh, I was just curious what he thought of what I thought. And we were both on the same page on almost everything. So that made me feel good because I have a great deal of respect for that guy. Um, but I said, because they had just announced, um, you know, pretty much the Yamamoto deal. And I'm like, do you think they're done? And he says, i would think so so i would think so too anyway because like i said it would almost have to be a big name and if you're doing that then what are you doing what are you, are you getting rid of folks here are you making trades what's up
2: you know well who's holding out i mean and who well
0: i mean that's something we need to talk about right now too as well um you know you got the borgen situation go ahead chris you want to pick well, up on I mean, that you stuff
1: you well, got the arbitration guys That doesn't mean they're gone. Yeah. but uh, no. Yeah, but the uh, the three restricted uh, free agents filed for salary arbitration. Uh, yeah. last Wednesday was uh, Vince Dunn, Will Borgan, and Cale Fleury. Uh yeah. Cole Lynn was also in that boat, but he opted not to go for arbitration. So
0: right. So let's that? just look at that real quick.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, a Dunn has got to sign with us. We can play games, he'll sign him. Um, you know, and I don't like what the rumors I was hearing 10 days ago with uh you know EK. 65 nonsense. Get that out of here. Um, you know, Eric Carlson crap. I don't need that. Um, and then Borgan, I, I definitely want to see him. He has made such huge improvements. I don't care what anybody says. If you if you're not paying attention to his game, he's made huge. fully players. agree on that. Yeah. So whatever he can get, and hopefully we, we we get that, I'm for it. Um, but I think there's a lot of league interest in him, no matter what, because they've seen his growth in that time. You know, and he's at, he's at, he's at that perfect level, second contract type of deal where you get that bounce. It's really questionable. You know, is it 2 million or is it 3.2? It's like, what do you, where do you fall? Which is a really hard one to, you know.
1: Yeah. It's going to have to depend on, on all the, the salary overall for the, for the team and what the cap is. I mean, Dunn, Dunn's, you know, obviously the most prominent player of the group. And, and I mean, he could end up being, I mean, both he and Borgen deserve raises for sure, but Right. I don't know. I mean, that could make him the team's maybe highest paid player. He or... will be.
0: He will be. He will be making probably seven point five, and term is to be determined. You know, six.
2: Like to see a good eight.
0: Because he's in the perfect timing for that contract, and then but guess what? He'll only be the highest paid player until you know, what the job they want to get done next, and they want to get it done before that, and that's Maddie's, and Maddie's is going to pay. All mm-hmm. right? He's going to get paid before his contract
2: expires.
0: They're they, they were saying they want to work on it into the summer and try to get it done in the
2: summer. No, we're not so. talking, like, Nathan McKinnon dollars.
0: Right? No, no, because you'll never see a second contract that high, but you will see, as we develop here in years and players and salaries and crossovers you know his second whether it's a bridge type of deal which by the way bridges are kind of dead that, that hasn't that's like a five six-year-old seven-year-old thing that was happening back then that's kind of dead but you could easily see maddie on a second contract you know surpass the seven five easily it, you know if they do a longer term if they do a shorter one you know which is pretty rare these days they might drop it down I don't know who knows all I know is is he by rights will be the highest paid player and they want the team wants to him to be the model of this franchise you know
1: yeah it makes sense um the other guys I won't go into there's some other guys also in the a similar uh, UFA RFA boat they were in the Coachella level I won't go into all of them but I think the two remaining notable names are Martin Jones it's going to go on with him and Eunice Donskoy Who's you know been hurt and everything and hasn't been playing for a long time, but we're still on the Kraken is still on the hook with him. So what's going to go on there? Uh, well, Donstoy
0: does expire in the in the in the year. So um, and he is back. Uh, I think he's back in Finland right now. So I think he's back home. Um, no matter what, there's going to be a a really good parting between them, and it's not, You know, he's going to be taken care of properly. However. Um, Jonesy, whatever expires, whatever, and then we're back to that whole or weird situation. Like, what are we doing there? You know,
2: he's yeah. really going to so be the back end? Let's let's adopt the Vegas new tradition and dress five three goalies yeah. every every game, and have five. <laughs> in where, in the where the program. hell do you have the third guy? Or is he just in the back eating hot dogs? I don't understand. I don't. I mean, know. I'm not. Yeah. I, I'm, I don't get it. He's the problem with about
1: the emergency goalie is Zamboni driver guy yeah. on the other. Right, well, the big yeah.
0: problem. Well, the biggest problem about Drieger's situation is, is even though they say he's healthy or whatever, he's still in that LTIR situation or whatever. But that was such a substantial injury that even you know when his contract expires, you're not going to with huge injuries. You're not going to get much interest from teams because they're they're leery of that
2: shit. You know, you never know. So well when time goes by he's not getting any younger either. No, you know? I mean
0: because by Rice as a backup on the Coachella bench he he could have he could have played just as much as Joey, but they weren't going to pull the reins off of Joey even if he had a bad game cuz that was his season to carry on his back, you know. Yeah, so,
1: Joey's too hot. I know. That was that yeah. Was I mean Driga played good a good, good amount of games, but Yeah. He, 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 it was Joey's playoffs for sure. Um well, cool. Well, we'll see what's more, you know, more is going to happen in the coming weeks. And then of course, we've got training camp, uh, which they haven't made any official announcements, but maybe you got a little scoop, Jim, development camp. You ran into somebody who said, okay, they, well, so don't quote me on this, but I'm I'm trying. Uh, I was
0: exiting and I went upstairs. Uh, after I met Shane, right. That was kind of cool. Um, I went upstairs to the team shop to just check things out real quick trying to decide whether I want to get in traffic or not because you know how that goes. And I was up there and boom, right out of the corner of my eye, I saw Jessica Campbell, the assistant coach for Coachella. And I thought, Oh, that's cool. You know, cause obviously she's in there doing drills and everything with the boys. Um, and I went up to her and I'd never met her and I introduced myself and I, you know, I said, I knew who she was. She introduced back. And I congratulated her on, on an incredible season and I know how involved she was with the team from the very start last year here at training camp, you know, working on the power skating with the boys. I mean, that's what she's, that's how she got her start after her, you know, career of, you know, playing hockey. Um, and she was thankful of that. And I, 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 she just continued to speak on, it's just an electric vibe and atmosphere down there. And she loves it. You know, she's got a home there and she's, you know, I mean, Canadian people like, living in palm trees, like they love that shit. Right. And, um, it was really cool. And I said, well, I guess I'll see you in September, you know, meaning training camp. I'll be right back here. And she said, I could have sworn. And she kind of turned and walked me, she said, yep, I'll see you like September 13th or something. So I thought, okay, is that the date or did I hear that wrong? So, just to back it up, I was trying to do research. I cannot find any start date research for our camp, but
1: I'm just going to yeah. say for right now. What if your camp started September? It started later.
0: Yeah. And, but we also had still COVID, COVID yeah, remnants with so pauses still- and delays, yeah. uh, delays for the scheduling. So, I, I think she said that. So, then that would make sense because 13, huh, your first pre, you got six preseason games before October, whatever. Um, they play every other night, you know, I, who knows, uh, we'll see. It was just cool to talk to her and, you know, she loves her job. And, you know, I was talking to somebody else the other day about the, the connection between, well, maybe it was you, Chris, um, uh, the whole Kraken, everything that Kraken do all the way down the line, the amount of employees they have, everything they touch, everything the tentacles touched with this club, um, all the way down to the desert there is just, First class period, and it's just amazing because when you start meeting these people and seeing how excited and electric they're, even Everett I ran into Everett a couple of times recently because I <laughs> <It's> you, <laughs> had a little stupid story. Play
1: play.
0: Yeah, uh, and you know, he's just a happy, happy dude, and he's fun to be around, he's jolly, uh, and you know, just look at his route, what was how he's got here, and where he's at. All these people. They, it's just fantastic to see the smiles on their face and the the company, the core, everything they work for is just it's first class, and you can feel it even down to our level of just chit chatting with these people. You know, so that's cool to be part of.
1: Absolutely. And then the the last thing actually that uh, that happened since our last episode, the, the schedule came out. I mean, of the regular season and, and the preseason games you mentioned. So that's all exciting. We're picking games, and you know, pretty soon figuring out which ones we can go to and all. Nathan, did you, you look much at the schedule? Any, anything that jumped out at you? Obviously they're playing all the same teams, but you know, uh, yes,
2: sir. Uh, I don't know what preseason game or two that I'll probably uh, endure. Hope to see you guys at least one of them. I do know that I'll be in Vegas for our first regular season game against the defending champions pretty excited about that gonna go hang out with our good friend tommy and hopefully we can uh pack a wallop of goals against all five of their guys down there we'll see what happens um i haven't looked at the schedule too much beyond that just because you know it's it's still so far away but i do want to start nailing down some dates of games that i want to go to i want to try to at least go to one maybe two a month if I can try to get to some more but I'm excited for that Vegas game I saw Vegas play the Kings in Las Vegas but it's gonna hit a little different seeing our guys down there it's gonna be great and it's the first game we gotta win it you know I know it's on the road but
1: and and, uh, you know all of us I think are going to uh, also see Vegas back in Seattle I mean obviously the teams play each other a number of times but Winter Classic, of course, uh, January first. That's going to be so special. And, and to, to piggyback a little something you said, Jim, about uh, you know uh, the COVID things that we dealt with and delays. Also, well, this wasn't so much COVID. I guess it was more because of uh, of of the, the uh, international tournament. But that 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 one year where they hardly had any games in February and uh two you know two seasons ago and everything and that now it just feels really back to normal or back to way the the flow that it should be you know not you know oh god they've got you know this long you know road trip or all these great games are crammed in it just yeah like a better flow now
0: yeah i hated that february schedule it was so dumb there was what two games in it and one of them happened to be our bruins so that was kind of exciting to get back to but between that and the you know, I don't want to get into the whole all-star thing, but that break. It looks like they shortened up that break a little bit, though. I think, you know, not your typical seven to nine day or whatever. It looks like they shortened it up a little bit. Um, yeah, it does feel back to normal, and I'm appreciative of that because you know, you usually start the, the games first week of October, I believe. Um, and you know, you don't like dragging out. I've always thought the NHL season is too long, to be honest with you. I'm old school 70 72 game season. I loved. Um, I don't, you know, playing hockey myself and everything when, when the hot weather hits, I'm done. But it, it, that's why my interest didn't carry off deep into the playoffs after the Kraken, um, loss. I mean, I, I, I was pretty much done when they were done. Uh, even though, you know, it could have been good, but it really wasn't. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I got my, I do love the fact that they've got the Bruins and the Canucks game and the Bruins and Seattle game the way it should be a couple days apart. Um, makes for our fun little road trip. And I do, you know, normally I mark all the big marquee games. I like to see the stars, but if I don't get them, you guys get them. And I try to get there. And then I do this year, I I'm got them both circled. I want them bad. So you better not grab them from me, or you better go to the game with me. I want to see Connor Bedard both times. So there's that.
1: I want to go to see Black Blackhawks game, sure. Yeah. Sounds good. It's a good choice. Absolutely, absolutely, among others. Yeah, uh, uh, well, it'll be great. I can't wait for the season to start. Uh, great, great episode, guys. Great chat. Um, uh, there was a nice long one, but we, had, we hadn't done this in a while, and there was a lot to talk about. Uh, obviously, we'll be back in September. We may, and if something earth shattering happens in August, we may be back then, but we'll get back to our regular, uh, uh, kind of timing, uh, more in September, just before the uh, the season starts, probably around training camp time. Uh, Thanks much for all of you tuning in. Folks, please keep in mind, if you haven't already joined us, please find us on Facebook, at Twitter. We're at CastKraken is our handle there. We're also very active on Instagram. We've got a YouTube page, and you can also find out all about us and listen to the past episodes at seattlekrakenfancast.com, as well as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Um, we also hope you'll consider supporting us on our Patreon financial support platform. Find more information about that at patreon.com/slash-crackin-fancast. We've got a bunch of supporters, and we're very grateful to all who help. So, for Jim Carquell, Nathan Gunderson, and our fantastic producer Jay Middleton, I'm Chris Porter. We thank you very much for tuning in, and as always, we say,
2: Go, Crackin'!